Welcome, listeners. I'm Justin Makarevich, Associate Director of Employer Relations at the Graduate Career Management Center of the Zicklin School of Business at Baruch College. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the GCNC podcast. It is May 5th, 2023, and I am here with Rina Koshkina to talk about an article, actually, that she wrote um, a few months back, actually a year, year and a half ago or so, but um, specifically focused on uh, a professional organizational model that um, that Rena had developed. So um, I'm looking forward to talking more about it, talking about um, how she came up with it, but most of all, also just learning a little bit more about Rena. So Rena, welcome to the GCMT podcast, and we're so happy to have you here. It's really exciting to speak with you today, Justin. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, and for listeners, Rena and I have been close friends um, for a really long time. We used to work together. So um, so it's also been doubly uh, great to have her on the podcast. So, But for those, Rena, who don't know you, could you introduce yourself? Since I know that the listeners here are going to want to know about your, your really interesting background. Absolutely. I don't know about the interesting part, but I will definitely <laughs> introduce myself. And I am honored to uh, to know that we're friends and really excited to be here. And, you know, I was thinking about the fact that I'm a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to introducing myself. Mm-hmm. On one hand, I coach people and train on exactly this kind of a question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. But when it comes to me, I get a little tongue-tied, I have to say, when somebody <laughs> asks me that. And Part of the reason for that is I am a little bit obsessed about this concept of multidimensionality. And as a result, it kind of takes a while to explain all the different parts that I may want to talk about. For sure. I pulled myself back and I said, wait, this is not your therapy session. This is a podcast. (laughs) And so pull yourself together and introduce yourself as best as you can. So I'm going to do the second part. Okay. Well, and actually, you bringing it up, interesting that you bring it up. I mean, maybe during the podcast, we could talk about multidimensionality, too, since you mentioned it. Sure, absolutely. Happy to. So from an educational background, Mm -hmm. I have graduated from City University of New York, uh, Brooklyn College. I have a business degree, bachelor's in business management and finance, Mm -hmm. and a master's in art history. So and cool. I'm currently pursuing a PhD in psychology, which again, maybe for some listeners, you're beginning to raise your eyebrow and say, wait a minute, that seems a little bit disconnected. But all of these components seem to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, from a professional perspective, I have spent over 25 years primarily in the financial services industry. Mm-hmm. and uh, a bit of time in technology. The roles that I have held varied from marketing to sales, talent development, to training, to uh, development and training purely from a human resources perspective and talent management. And, and all of these kinds of experiences led me to uh, grow professionally, but also I'm acknowledging now looking back that I have disrupted my career trajectory a few times pretty deliberately. And 
Mm-hmm. It has worked out for the most part, but um, definitely don't recommend it as a, as a hobby. Professionally, <laughs> right now, um, I am an executive and career coach and also an artist, uh, which may be a topic for, for a different podcast. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I, I want to kick off and jump right into this professional organizational model without giving too much away because I really want you to talk about it. Um, what is it and what happened that you ended up developing it? And then also, what's it called? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the name, I have to say, does not completely roll off your tongue. OCCA, <laughs> and I added an R at the end. Right. Not very eloquent. But um, I will come back to what it stands for in a moment. But a bit about the origin story on mm-hmm. how it came up. I have actually been delivering and developing training programs for students at Brooklyn College on various topics, presentation skills, career development, professional brand. And what I have been finding as I've been meeting with these students over really the past 15, 20 years is that uh, they have a kind of basic understanding of what it may take and what components of a career might look like, such as a resume Mm -hmm. and maybe some interviewing skills. But I kept finding myself talking about the bigger picture. You know, what do you want to do in life? And what are your values? And what kind of career do you imagine for yourself? What inspires you? And those things are clearly not interviewing skills or a resume. Right. They're much broader. And so I wanted to create something that will hold all of these ideas together, or at least begin the conversation around those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've over time also found is that career development could be a kind of one-sided conversation and it's worth blowing it up and talking about it through the lens of yourself as a human being, yourself as a partner, yourself as a parent, and just part of the community overall. So that was my inkling of there's a way to talk about professional brand and your identity in some broader sense. Yeah. That goes beyond the basics. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, um, in, I think it was at the end of 2021, I wrote this article. I'm, I am a member of Forbes Coaches Council. Yeah. And I write for, for Forbes as, as part of that uh, membership. And I wrote about this concept that I've been talking about to a large degree to students and maybe younger professionals about this OCCA model, which stands for organize, connect, create, and act. And the R that I was talking about is repeat because it's an ongoing process, which we'll get to in detail. And the article went a little bit viral, not completely, you know, but definitely has gotten some attention on LinkedIn, even been picked up by LinkedIn News, which was exciting for me, but also gave me this idea that, hey, this is probably relevant to a much broader population than for younger professionals. So I already mentioned what it stands for, uh, Organize, Connect, Create, and Act. 
And Sounds it's right. really meant to be like a roadmap yeah. of a kind of way to prompt yourself and to think about different components that they're just beyond the basics of what we normally think about. Yeah. And, and listeners, we're going to put a link to that Forbes article in the, um, in the episode description so that, um, so that anybody can obviously read that. But to your, to that point specifically, um, you know, I, I think that frameworks and models often help people really to be able to, to progress and to take action. Um, so even if you think that the name isn't great, it's ultimately really the most important is actually creating a framework and model for people to start to progress, take action, get out of maybe even a, you know, paralytic state of, uh, of thinking. Absolutely. And, um, I think especially at the end of 2021 and even, even now, um, we were very much in the midst of the pandemic. It's hard to say which stage of the pandemic we're in at any given time, as right. we're speaking in May of 2023, knock on wood. I don't know. Yep. Um, but it, it somehow feels even more urgent to have a kind of sense of agency over your destiny because, you know, this concept of VUCA um, which stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. It, it's, it's a concept that often is referred to, um, actually in the military space that that's where it, it started. What is we, it? What is that again? It's, it's VUCA and it's VUCA. volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And in military, it's sort of preparing for the unexpected. Right. And I've been reflecting over the past, certainly past three, four years, it just feels like our Tuesday. You know, it's like a regular day (laughs) (laughs) and nothing especially extraordinary. So if we live in that kind of environment, professionally, personally, socially, so many things are just volatile and uncertain and complex and ambiguous, then what could we possibly do for ourselves that helps us get intentional and organized? And it just feels extra important. So it, it is on one hand, a fairly basic kind of a framework and in the article, as, as folks will see, if they haven't read it before, it's a bunch of questions to hmm. raise and to begin to answer. But on yes. the other hand, it just gives you that um, way of reminding yourself that you have a sense of agency. I love that. And, and, and you know, and that the, the questions are exactly that, not only to give agency, but, you know, to start conversations going, to start to answer things, which... Listen, I'm, I'm guilty of getting blocked all, you know, every now and again. So, uh, I get that. Before we go into each of the four, well, five, OCCA and R, <clears throat> um, you mentioned, um, that career development can oftentimes be a one-sided conversation. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah. What I mean by that is it's kind of a me focused, which of course, I completely understand if we're talking an individual's career development. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I think you and I even have had these conversations before. 
none of us are really on an island unless you literally are on an island and there's nobody <laughs> around. I'm, maybe somebody's <laughs> listening to us who is like, nope, I'm on an island. I, I would love to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here completely by myself. Right. Then you, the awareness of your network and your surroundings is equally important as looking within. So this framework has a little bit of all of these things. Yes, get your stuff together from the basics, but also let's take a look at the impact you could make for someone else. You know how that that really resonates with me um, because this process can also sometimes feel really lonely, not only uh, internally focused, like you're saying, and about me, but oftentimes, you know, people might even feel through this process that they're failing, they're alone, that's, there's nothing that they can do. Having this awareness, like you're saying, of network surroundings is is really um, that, that's just beautiful. I love that um, that um, that thought. So let's jump into it. let's let's go into yeah. um, let's go into the model. Yeah, we'll we'll take each one okay. um, and and then talk briefly about each of the components. So organize mm-hmm. is a pretty basic, and obviously it's the first part of the process, and it could be organizing different kinds of things. So first it's organizing yourself from a professional perspective. It could be those, what I call them artifacts, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your list of projects. But then there's other things such as your space, your time, the support and resources around you, and even your image. Mm. And even before we get into any more detail around this organized concept and all of the components that live underneath, the my biggest recommendation under any one of these things is as long as you're aware and deliberately have chosen certain ways of doing things or not doing things, that's com- perfectly fine. But I'm finding that a lot of people are completely unaware the impact that their space and the way that they use their time and even how they consider their resources and support systems. They're just simply unaware of them. It's unconscious decisions that are taking place. Why is that important exactly? It's kind of tying back to interestingly when you were doing your intro about how you've dis- disrupted your career deliberately, and you, yeah. Yeah, right? But you don't, you don't recommend people do it as a hobby, yeah. which seems like that could be a little bit yeah. what you're talking about. It, it's kind of like that. I was half joking. I, I do recommend it. Again, yeah. as long as you are going into your decisions with the best possible intentions and also with the information that you have available, Maybe I'll give you an example of, I'm referring to organizing your space. Yeah. So I remember many years ago, I was doing this kind of program at Brooklyn College. And one of the students um, raised their hand and they said, look, I am kind of confused about the path of my career might take. This was a um, business student who already had a few years of experience under their okay. belt and they just felt completely 
disconnected from what they wanted to do and how life might unfold and even how to use their skills moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, One way to describe it is this kind of blah state. Nothing Mm -hmm. is the way that you hope it might be, except you don't even know what you're hoping for. Right. And when we were discussing organizing your space, I encouraged participants talk to each other and simply describe. So where do you do your best thinking? Mm-hmm. Where do you have even interviews? Where do you take phone calls? Uh, what's that space like? And just describe it for each other. Yeah. And that particular individual shared that they do everything out of their bed. Not because there's a lack of space necessarily, but just because it's comfortable and, you know, their cat is right next to them and it's Hmm. just lovely and and comfortable. And I think in the process of that discussion, again, without judging anybody's space or what they choose to do, um, that particular participant and student had this realization that, hey, maybe if I change my surroundings, if yeah. I decide to do some of this work and my thinking and maybe resume writing in a different space, it will give me new ideas. Maybe I shouldn't be that comfortable, you know, as I'm taking right. an important phone call. Right. <laughs> maybe standing up is better. Right. Or yeah, maybe so- even having to, through a you know, resume writing, assess your skills and communicate them, doing it in a space that is less comfortable so that you're really challenging yourself could could be good. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about organizing your career, like your space is not something that immediately comes to mind, but this is just one example. There are many others where I have found that just simply changing your surroundings and maybe making them a little bit less chaotic, uh, sometimes making them less familiar just mm-hmm. takes you out of your, what I call default thinking and maybe putting yourself into a design thinking. Right. It's um, a little bit also even just sort of like, I mean, workspaces are not in our bedroom, maybe for a very similar type of reason. Right. So, and sometimes yeah. they are, right? We yeah. all had to adapt very quickly, especially during the pandemic. So again, none of these recommendations and ideas and questions are meant to be judgmental in any way. Of course. They're simply meant to raise a question. Does your space, does your outward appearance, does your internal monologue, how are they supporting what you're intending to do? And if your answer is checks everything and supports everything I want to do, by all means, do what's what you're already doing. There's nothing to change. But for most people, that's not the case. This this awareness part and deliberateness is is really um, resonating with me a ton. And I I really like this intentionality thought process that you're 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 presenting in in the uh, in the model. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the core idea. I Mm -hmm. have become really convinced that we may say to ourselves that things are out of my control or there's nothing I can do about X, Y, and Z. And frankly, in many times that that is the case. Um, There's so much that is out of our control, but some things really are, and they're worth exploring. 
Yeah. Sure. So have we covered organize? A little bit. Um, there are definitely other pieces, but I yeah. want to, maybe we can move on to the next one and we can come back to organize if, if necessary. That sounds great. Forward. Okay, yeah? let's do it. Yeah. So the next one is about connecting. Um, and I already joked that simply it's about realizing you are not on an island mm-hmm. and that there are people and there are networks that you should be connecting to. Uh, for example, I sometimes hear both from my coaching clients and um, also from young professionals and from students that I know of so-and-so and I wish I could be just like them. And when I mm-hmm. start probing around of, well, do you know what they have written recently? Have mm-hmm. you read their latest research Are you following them on LinkedIn? Have you attempted to make a connection? Um, Do you see their opportunities that may be in the sphere of your interest? A lot of times the answers are not really, I haven't done any of those things. Yeah. That would be just one example of of connecting. Um, The other thing that often comes up and, and drum roll, please, the dreaded <laughs> word of networking. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, yes, <laughs> exactly. And my approach in thinking around networking is that what if we completely turn it upside down? Mm-hmm. What if, could networking be about this unassuming curiosity about other people? And yeah. on the other hand, coming prepared with ideas and points of view, which of course require you to stay connected to what's going on in the industry you're interested in and actually reading about things and learning and growing. Um, and then maybe networking is not such a dreaded thing. If right. you're genuinely interested in learning about someone you're going to be a kind of curious interviewer maybe and Mm -hmm. and really getting to understand where somebody is coming from. And that's a different kind of networking that most people think about of, uh, I'm going to show up in some event and I'm going to have to describe myself, which is, as we now know, is not an easy thing to do especially if you haven't thought about it before. Um, So that's a different kind of connecting with people. Yeah. I almost wish networking the word was something different than what we're talking about what it is because it's so, there's such stigma to it in so many ways. Yeah, because it could feel fake and inauthentic. Yeah. Well, we can can change it right now, Justin. Why don't we we call it... Just call it connecting, right? Yeah. What if you're just Why don't connecting we take the seed? with people? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It doesn't have to be called something that brings up the wrong ideas. And I actually have this um, quote from an author and a coach, Martha Beck, who some listeners might be familiar with. Uh-huh. Um, and she has this really cool quote that if you want to capture people's attention, Put your own attention on something that has nothing to do with them. Oil painting, cooking, wildlife rescue. The more you get lost in what you're doing, the more interesting you'll become. 
And that's the other part of this connecting with other people. Yeah. We are interested in other people's ideas. And so you have to be at any given time prepared to describe something that you're passionate about. Um, by the way, these questions do come up in interviews quite often. For sure. And they do stump a lot of people mm-hmm. if, if they have not done anything but work and are truly not that passionate about anything. And it makes you an interesting person to be around, including yeah. the dreaded networking events. <laughs> exactly, which we're now talking, we're going to call them connecting events. Connecting events. Connecting events. That's right. That's great. Listen, I, I, nobody I really, has a copyright on that, that we're in. Yeah, we're going to have to look that up. Yeah. Please don't quote us yet. Exactly. I mean, truly the, 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 you know, the, the preparedness, I think is, um, is, is something that, um, we don't talk about as much, but, making that time to also prepare to bring some perspective when meeting with people and knowing about them and, and really just wanting to make the connecting event, whatever it might be, the networking thing about them is such a great message. It's, it's also, I find at least it takes the, it takes the stress off of what it, what that, what that interaction is going to be, um, where it's Absolutely. just like you're saying, my God, I'm at the walk in a room and talk about myself, almost pitch myself um, and put myself into three sentences versus, hey, I'm just going to make this about curiosity of others, uh, about others. Yeah. Less absolutely. stress. Completely. Less stress. And so you're picking up on two important pieces, this preparedness mm. and intentionality, definitely are a huge part of this whole yeah. process. We're repeating it. Great. Yeah. What's the next step? The next one is create and creating could mean so many different things. And this part could actually be counter and feel a little bit counterintuitive. So there are a few examples of create that I'm providing in in the process and in the article. And and one of them is creating opportunities for others. And you're like, well, wait a minute. This is about my career, my plans, my time, my space, right? Right. But when you are reaching out to others and every one of us has something to offer that someone else may need, may develop from. So look around who in your network could actually benefit from your expertise, from your knowledge from your experiences that you can give back. That would be one way of creating. Another important piece to the puzzle here when we talk about create is creating positive experiences. And I, and I'm pausing on the word positive because it could mean so many different things. But yeah. one example that I have heard over and over again from actually professors and those experts in the field who often are getting emails from others about, can you help me? Can you write a recommendation? Can you do X, Y, and Z for me? And Mm -hmm. what I'm hearing from those individuals is that there's not a lot of professionalism when it comes to following up and following through. So when someone Mm. does 
something kind for you, it is really important to thank them. And that creates a positive experience. So thinking of each interaction professionally and personally as, hey, what am I leaving this person with? Hmm. Because there's only, what is that expression? Six degrees of separation, three degrees of separation. Right. Your brand will follow you um, everywhere you go. And even on social media, you can quickly see how connected people are. Yeah. Genuinely, you want to leave a, a good impression and a professional impression on someone. Even in those small situations when you can simply thank them for doing something nice for you. Totally. <clears throat> because the thing is, we all want to also be appreciated. We all want to, we all want to be recognized for doing something for others as well. But we also, everybody genuinely wants to help other people, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, so it's, it, it's a, it's a two way street. So creating those opportunities for yourself is, from what I'm hearing from you is, is, is one of those steps. I mean, and, and the thing is too, we were just talking about so many things are out of our control. Talk about things. This is, this is all in our control. We can Completely. do all of this. You can proactively create, uh, or at least intend to create a positive professional experience. And I exactly. think we all have examples of where one thing leads to another and you yeah are actually finding that those connections and those people didn't forget you. And there's yeah. a chance that they might be supporting you in the, in the future yeah. as well. Completely. This is great. I love that there's also it's something that's really <clears throat> in this, in, in this one step of, of your model, um, having something again, where, um, uh, where you can kind of mold, you know, I'm like, like thinking of like clay and like, like you can really yeah. mold this part. This is great. Yeah. And you're taking the spotlight of yourself Yeah. once again. And one simple way to just do a quick audit of what kind of experiences am I creating? Ask yourself the last person I have interacted with, it could mm -hmm. be during an interview and the last meeting you had, it doesn't really matter in any kind of professional or personal interaction. What would they say about you mm -hmm. after you left? That's usually a good, of course, it requires a certain degree of introspection and self-awareness to answer it honestly, but that could be an interesting question to explore. Gosh, talk about some, that's going to, that's going to really take some interest, introspection. <laughs> Gosh. That's deep, too deep. That's deep. Okay. No, we'll, it's we'll not too deep. Next, for our next podcast. <laughs> right. Um, the last one um, is, is probably the most important piece. We okay. could be doing all kinds of exploration and thinking. In fact, I have encountered in the years that I've been doing coaching, especially so many instances where folks would proudly show me pages and pages of self-reflection on many of these questions hmm. and then did nothing as a result. Right. That That's partially great, but not going to really lead you to any kind of uh, significant change. And as I think about ACT, when we talk about a professional career, one example of where you could really 
upgrade your professional brand is is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And that's another half dreaded concept that I'm hearing some people have an allergy to of some sort. I often joke if I if I had a penny for every time somebody said, oh, you know, I'm not much of a social media person and I haven't really looked at my LinkedIn profile in a long time and certainly haven't updated it almost with kind of a sense of pride. You know, I'm so busy. You know, it still has my bachelor's degree and I'm already, I already have two doctorates, but hmm, who needs to update it? (laughs) And, um, I just think it's a bit short sighted, you know, in in this day and age. Um, it's a missed opportunity. So if nothing else, if you, if you are kind of cringing now listening to this and you're saying, hmm, I wonder what my headline is on, on LinkedIn, that might be the only act or action that you might take as mm-hmm. a result of this conversation. That's already a movement forward. That's yeah. taking action is much more interesting than any kind of talking. Totally. Actions always speak louder, right? I was just going to say that exactly. I mean, <laughs> actions really do. And even if, even if they're incremental or small, yeah, um, they really, absolutely. yep, they, 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 they really take a lot of action. Uh, they, yeah. they speak loudly for sure. In fact, I was, um, on Twitter yesterday and there was this one, um, this one image graphic that showed, um, a mathematical equation that showed that if you just take little, little action and it was described as 1.01 versus 1.00, to the 365th degree for one year so of, of the amount of days that you would actually take the the number for one to 365th power is to only one 1.001 ends up being like in the hundreds of an impact yeah. just from a numeric perspective that visual just really shows even if you just take a little bit of an act a step absolutely. in a direction absolutely it can move the needle yeah yeah, it totally can. I, I know many people who are listening are likely Baruch college yeah. graduates, right? Mm-hmm. And likely know a thing or two about com- compounding effect. That's, That's essentially right. what you're describing. <laughs> That's well, exactly guess it. what? You know, creating positive experiences and being deliberate and taking action and looking around for who you might support in their career journey. Uh, all of these things do create ripple effects and, and there's definitely a compounding interest happening as a result. Oh my gosh. I love that you just made that applicable to work students, you know? <laughs> I'm <laughs> a product so... of CUNY. I, I, I know it. it. I love it. No, that's so great. And so the final step you talked about was that R piece, it sounds like. Yeah. And Again, very maybe basic and not too sophisticated is no, that is. you can't really rest on your laurels here. You have right. to relook at things and, and repeat as often as necessary. Um, and I, 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 I'm pretty sure there are many folks who are listening now are like those that I often speak with. There's so many people that seem to be having a, a bit of a existential crisis right now of redesigning their lives or just feeling like they need to be thinking differently and doing something yeah. differently. 
well, um, this is probably the time to repeat. Even if you were on some kind of trajectory a few years ago, one size does not fit all and certainly does not stay the same over the years. Yeah. It's time to relook. Is is we know from research that with the pandemic, many of us work an extra four hours a day. Mm-hmm. And even those who went back to the physical office, I'm not sure if it's any less than that. Yeah. So we're working more. The question that we may need to raise is, do I still love what I do yeah. enough to dedicate extra four hours a day to it? I, I don't know. That's yeah. a, it's a, it's an interesting question to explore. One of the things that uh, is really impacting me about you know, the model you've created, and I'm thinking about it and I have thought about it when you first shared about it, uh, about it with me, but I'm just realizing now. So we have, you're talking certainly about intentionality and awareness, but this is also really bringing some individuality to the decisions that you're helping people make. Yes. As you're, yeah. as you're describing what people can, can, how, how this could, they can really bring themselves to the changes that they're making to the thoughts. If they want to think differently, bring you, you've got to bring yourself to the table. And that is very empowering. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I mean by a sense of agency. Yeah. We, <clears throat> we are allowed to say, this is what I want to do. Right. This is what ideal looks like 12 months from now. Yeah. This is what I don't want to be doing or participating in. Yeah. And here's, this is the kicker, right? That most people are kind of unwilling to to touch is what am I willing to do about these new insights that I have just discovered? Totally. Yeah. Super powerful. There's an interesting um, line also from another author I love, uh, Liz Gilbert, who said in her wonderful book, Big Magic, that I really recommend to folks um, to read. And there's a lot of interesting, wonderful insights about living a creative life Hmm. related to the point about repeating these activities and taking action she said in the book that procrastination, you know, is just fear. Hmm. And there's totally. now research <laughs> that mm-hmm. supports it too. Um, so if we're glamorizing our procrastination, I think we can also acknowledge it that it might just be fear of potentially knowing things that you're afraid to know and then ooh, doing something about them. Yeah. To combat it. Yeah. What a great quote. I I, I want to go back to um, your mention of multidimensionality. Um, I, you know, I, I needed to look that one up um, a little bit <laughs> when you had mentioned it before. <laughs> I want to talk, I, I'd love to hear uh, about it more. And I think listeners would too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a new concept. And sure. I, I, I wrote another article just on this point of multidimensionality Hmm. and what prompted me to at that time to really think about it is especially in the beginning of the pandemic and the economic crisis there was um, really such dire circumstances for so many people and there was the tsunami of unemployment and Mm -hmm. 
what I found and heard about and spoke with so many people who lost their identities, if, you know, not even more dire situations, unfortunately, their health and, and all yeah. of that. But at the very least, those who lost their jobs and if their identity was completely connected with what they did and where they worked, um, what was left? What was there to fall back on? And and that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about multidimensionality. And I think it's such a cool way of looking at yourself. You're mm-hmm. not one thing. I mean, we we all can appreciate it and we will all likely chuckle if somebody tries to put us in one box. We don't yeah. like it. But again, where's the intentionality of um what are the things that will sustain me if one of the components of my identity disappears for one reason or another? Um, so it, it could rep- be represented in so many different ways, Justin. Multidimensionality yeah. could be I'm an accountant and I also sing in the chorus. It, it really has to do with what is it that gives you joy? And how can you incorporate that and those components into your life so that you can have a more fulfilling and more filled, filled out life that is more, more meaningful with better relationships and connections that hopefully also creates a more meaningful career and a professional experience. For sure. Yep. But that ultimately feeds into a better life, a more interesting life, a more curious life. You're, you, what something really, um, really hit me when you said, um, what would happen to me if one part of one dimension of myself were to some reason go away or I would lose it having that multidimensional perspective about your life, career, your relationships, your connections, all of those things. Um, are so important because then it doesn't make as big of an impact if something were to go away for some reason for a time, maybe forever, um, and, yeah. and then feel less dire. Yeah. And, and one of the more frequent kind of examples is when children grow up and they go to college. Right. We, we do find a lot of people who get a little bit lost of yeah. what, what is my purpose and what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, it may be more difficult to cultivate those other parts of yourself suddenly yeah. in the same way that you would think about if you have not looked at your LinkedIn or your resume and suddenly you're faced with um, downsizing, layoffs, which unfortunately many people have been over the past year. Yeah. Especially in the technology and the business space, then you have not been cultivating that part of yourself, your yeah. professional brand. Um, so it, again, we go back to the idea of being deliberate into planning ahead a little bit, and also working towards things that actually gives you, give you joy uh, on an ongoing basis and not just 
working towards this one thing or yeah. one promotion or um, one particular goal that that you might have in mind, which frankly, a lot of people don't even have that. They just kind of live by default. Yeah. So great. We talked a lot of, about a lot of things, Rina. Um, yes, I'm, we did. I, we totally did. And um, a lot of my own perspectives have actually changed from this conversation, getting to know the model uh, more deeply. So what um, what haven't we discussed that's important still to cover, if there is anything, Rena? because we've covered so much? I, you know, I think we've covered so much. Yeah. Um, maybe one last point is that this whole model is not meant to be done or thought through in, in one sitting. Of course. But, and, <laughs> and so if, if anyone is excited about it and wants to give it a try, my, my biggest recommendation is pace yourself hmm. and Probably another recommendation is to find a trusted partner in this. It could be yeah. um, another person who is going through something similar that you might do together. It might be a professional coach. It might be, yep. you know, an advisor such as yourself. It it could mm. be any kind of one of those uh, folks who might be able to help. That's great. And just even reiterates a little bit more of this also not being, you're not on an island, <laughs> even if you're going through this model and going through yourself, that's, that's yeah. beautiful. Definitely Rina, not on an island. <laughs> even if we live in Manhattan. <laughs> Cannot thank you enough for this. Such, Such a great a conversation. We're obviously going to have, um, you know, your LinkedIn profile and, and any other contact information. We're going to include that in the podcast description Truly, truly, thank you for this conversation and for um, for really enlightening us um, in this episode. Absolutely. My pleasure. So happy to be here with you today. Thanks, listeners, for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are, so be sure to stay in touch with us.